And in today's environment, with the world being so crazy as it is, really being grounded in your leadership, your authentic leadership style. And everybody has their own authentic leadership style. But it's so important to focus on what you believe in, be grounded in your values, and really focus in on what matters most to you as a leader. And then help. leading is really about guiding other people and being there for other people. Welcome to the Making Sales Social Podcast. Featuring the top voices in sales, marketing, and business. Join Bryn Tillman and me, Bob Woods, as we each bring you the best tips and strategies our guests are teaching their clients so you can leverage them for your own virtual and social selling. Enjoy the show. John J. Fenton, author, speaker, coach, and the founder and CEO of John J. Fenton Executive Coaching, joins us in the Social Sales Link virtual studios for this week's episode of Making Sales Social. John is known as the CEO Sensei and works with CEOs and business leaders who want more clarity, better results, and more freedom in their lives. What separates the good leaders from the great ones is that inner game or mindset of leadership. And John is dialed in to that mindset. Formerly a managing partner with BDO USA, John has been transforming the landscape of executive coaching and leadership since 2013. 11 years now. That's great. His recent book, Five Minute Mastery, was a number one new release and bestseller in three categories on Amazon and is available currently on Amazon as well. And something I find fascinating, John has earned a black belt in Tai Chi and is a master of meditation in that field as well. So I would try to come up with a Tai Chi joke, but I just, I don't know it well enough at this point. So I think instead we're just going to say welcome to Making Sales Social, John. Thank you so much, Bob. It's a pleasure to be with you and excuse my voice. I got a little bit of laryngitis this past week so oh yeah everybody's getting sick it seems like uh, i've been i've been dodging it so far hopefully I'll, i will continue Good for you. to, Good for to you. dodge that yeah so our our first traditional <clears throat> question on the shoe is what does making sales social mean to you you know really to me um it really is about connecting right? connecting with people that don't know me I'm building relationships. So it's a starting point to build a relationship and, and, and starting to get to a point where uh, we can get to a, a, point, a point where you can have a conversation. So it's really a starting point for me about reaching out to people, uh, people that um, I'm interested in. Hopefully they'll be interested in what I have to offer as well. And we can start a conversation. That's that's probably the most succinct answer that I've ever heard of that question. And it's also a fantastic answer to that question. Appreciate that, John. Thanks. You've been recognized as a leading authority in leadership. So how do you see the role of leadership evolving, especially in the context of B2B sales and what we like to talk about around here and that's social selling? Yes. Thank you. A great question. Uh, you know, the, the world is so complex and it continues to be more complex every day, every year. Yeah, great. Pandemic really accelerated a lot of uncertainty and ambiguity in business. And so to really, to my, my view is you want to be the best leader you can be. I was a student of leadership throughout my career. I, I played collegiate sports. So I got to see the good and the bad and the ugly about good teams and, and, and championship teams. I was a part of both. What leadership it took to really have those kinds of teams, those successful teams. Uh, and so it's really been a passion of mine reading about learning from other leaders and, and in today's environment, with the world being so crazy as it is, really being grounded in your leadership, your authentic leadership style. And everybody has their own authentic leadership style. 
but it's so important to focus on what you believe in, be grounded in your values, and really focus in on what matters most to you as a leader. And then help. leading is really about guiding other people and being there for other people. So being in a position to help that. When it comes to that whole thing about deciding what type of leader you are, I guess just going to throw it out there very generically. I mean, I do think a lot of people probably know what that is, but if somebody doesn't know what that is or somebody doesn't like what that is, what can they do? Yeah, great, great follow-up. There's a lot of preconceptions. I think a lot of us have an idea about what a great leader looks like. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we think it's the, the person out in front, the big name, the big persona. It doesn't have to be. Some of the greatest leaders of all time were introverts, right? I have a, I have a client who's really, she's a self-proclaimed introvert. And that's okay because you can still be an introvert and still be very impactful. But great leaders are, they have, mm-hmm. they're driven. They have a vision for the future. It's not all about themselves or about their own satisfaction or own careers. It's about everybody they're working with, their team members, people in the organization. They want to see everybody be successful. And so leadership really comes from a place of giving, compassion, great leadership, giving and compassion, and really having a view for what the future could look like, and then taking a stand. Sometimes you have to take a stand about what you believe in and what you think the company or the firm or organization needs to achieve or go towards to create that vision or create that future. And sometimes it's not always popular, but if you believe in yourself, you're grounded in your values. I think leadership is really about taking a stand and believing in really good grounded uh, values that you have and moving forward and moving towards achieving those goals. And leadership can come from anybody in any in any level in an organization. It's sometimes a situation, and but it's showing about you care for other people you care about not only your own success, but the success of the people around you. And you have a clear idea about where you want to go forward to. So that's interesting because so far we've kind of looked at things from a leadership standpoint, um, a, you know, from, from the person being the leader, I guess mm-hmm. is what I should say. But um, what is it about that type of leader that people who are looking to be led or who need to be led just because they're working for the leader, what attracts them to that? type of person and what should that leader do to kind of, I don't want to say reinforce that attraction, but I mean, just to make it easy for people to go, Hey, this guy's, or this gal is a good leader. You know, I should listen to him and, 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 you know, be led by them. I think for everybody, I believe that for everybody, and I know this from my own experience, look at the people in your life who have been, that you thought are a good leader. What is it about them that you thought was a good leader? It's really unspoken, really. It's not the words they say. It's their actions. So if you're true to yourself, really, a lot of my work is around tapping into your authentic self, your best Mm -hmm. self. If you're true to that self and making life decisions based on a place from that best self, that true self, energetically, your vibe, whatever it is that's going to come off from you, people are going to resonate with. Some people will be re- will resonate with it. Some people may not, right? There's different vibes. I'm getting all kind of quantum mechanics with different vibrations about leadership and energy and the things okay. we bring to the table. But as a leader, a big common mistake of leaders are you typically the person that has done a really good job at one level in the organization keeps getting moved up in the organization, right? And they become take on more and more leadership roles. And then these roles are more they're responsible for more people than just themselves. Well, a lot of times we get this trap, kind of trap thinking that we have to be something that we're not really, right? We kind of have this own idea of what we think leadership is. So we get into imposter syndrome of trying to be something we're not, and we're not being true to ourselves. 
And the moment that you start to make decisions and do take actions that are not consistent with your core values of who you really are, people are going to recognize that. It's unconscious, really. People recognize that. And they may they may not want to follow you as the leader or not mm-hmm. agree with the leader. So I think just it's really the inward. It's the inner work. It's really focusing on you being grounded in who your true values are, what your true values are, and in making choices and make decisions and taking actions, actions speak louder than the words, about being that real authentic person. And, and then really taking the time to spend time with your people that you're leading, getting to know them, getting to understand them. You know, coming from a sports background, I played collegiate sports at a very high level. The best coaches that I saw are the ones that took time to spend time to know their players and understand their players' strengths and sometimes in their weaknesses as well, areas that they can strengthen. But to understand those players, understand where they're coming from so they can relate to them more on a one-on-one basis. And I think in today's environment with work from home and all the you know hybrid work and all these different uh, ways of now how work is being done, it's harder and harder to do that, but it can still be done through you know using your intentionality and spending time with people one-on-one, virtual coffees or whatever it might be. But it's really putting yourself out there authentically, connecting with the people on your team, having a clear idea about where you want to go. And I think people will will gravitate towards you and follow you. And not do all that from on high, I think, is what I'm really right. hearing. From right. It's not, out of, it's not out of a textbook, really. Right. Think of it, it's kind of basic, right? It's the things we learned growing up. It's you know, show respect for other people. If you want to be respected, you know, show respect to other people. If you want to be trusted and trustworthy, be trustworthy and show you trust other people. Um, the same, you know, there's a lot of talk nowadays about engagement. Right. How do we get more engagement from our people? And I know from my own experience as a young, young pup growing up in the accounting profession, you know, a long time ago, before we even talked about this stuff or thought about this stuff, that, um, you know, a, a managing partner came to me one day as a young staff person and said, here, I want you to review this projection. You know, sitting around the office, I had nothing else working on. I was working on nothing else at the time. It was brand new to the firm at that time. I took an hour, spent some time going through it, thought about it, went back to him with some questions. For me, that was, you know, and he actually didn't like kick me out of his office when I came back to him. Yeah. And, you know, he he appreciated what I did for him. And it really just showed a, a it's kind of a belonging cue, right? Uh, Daniel Coyle and Culture Code talks about belonging cues. It's engaging with other people, asking them to do things. Do things sometimes challenge them sometimes too. Challenge them to go above where they're at in terms of their career, to engage them with uh, you know more challenging work and opportunities to, to show what they really can do. And many times people will rise to the occasion. Yeah. So be available and also yeah. I mean, fighting the status quo is 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 probably a pretty big thing here. It sounds like. I mean, because you do. I I do think that leaders should encourage growth, and it sounds like by what you're describing that um that when people do trust a leader who is authentic and genuine and listens they feel like they can grow more rather than someone who just says yeah yeah you can grow and just right. walks away and well it becomes yeah. you know talk is cheap right and and it's uh that's it you know if you got you got to walk the talk right so you got to really demonstrate through your actions that you do trust people by giving them opportunities to grow and mature and you mentioned the word listening. Listening is so important. And it's just so important. And it's something I'm always trying to work on. It was not a skill set that I had mastered at all before I got to, to the profession. It's something I've really tried to work on a lot because we get in our mind, we start thinking about things, the next conversation, the next question. We forget to just sit back and take a moment of pause and just really listen and really kind of listen between the words 
you know, to kind of get the vibe of what that person might be trying to express. That yeah. could lead to another question that furthers the conversation. Mm-hmm. And when you spend that time to really focus on someone one-on-one and really listen to them, it makes a big impact. Listen to the words and listen in between the words. I, mm-hmm. I like that. I like that a lot. So um, your work emphasizes the importance of clarity and focus, especially in the high pressure environments that we all seem to be in nowadays. Right. Uh, are there strategies that sales professionals specifically can use to maintain clarity and focus in that high pressure area, especially when it comes to digital stuff? I mean, we're all digital and digital obviously is not going away. Well, I know for myself, I mean, I grew up in a very non-digital world early in my <laughs> career, right? So um, but but even nowadays, what I do, so there's a couple of techniques you can use that I use for myself. One is push the pause button. I push mm. away from my computer. If I've been on my computer too much, I can feel it, right? I can feel my head buzzing or mm-hmm. push, push away from the digital stuff, digital tools, take a pause. Breathing is so important. You know, breathing is the one autonomic yeah. function in your body you actually can control in your body. Yeah. And yeah. You know, if you can get closer that and and it's funny you mentioned this and, and I didn't mean to interrupt but I did want to bring this up because I read this literally like yesterday for every 25 minutes and you can even put this into your um you know into like a smartwatch or mm-hmm. your phone or mm-hmm. for every 25 minutes take a five minute break because yes. that's a stent where people start to lose focus and start <clears throat> to lose activity exactly exactly you know and years ago I mean the system is still this way I think but in colleges and high school and that Classes were only like 50, typically a 50 minute class time. And then you had 10 minutes to get to your next class, but really it was to give you a break, a mental break, yeah. Yeah. right? And an emotional break too, because we get tied up in our work and, you know, right. our emotions are involved and we're focused, we're laser focused, hopefully on what we're doing. Got to take a break, got to take a pause. So taking a pause is really important. The Navy SEALs have a great motto, they have many mottos. And one of the mottos that I've read is slow is smooth, smooth is fast. Mm-hmm. Right. So slow things down, slow things down because it becomes smoother. When it's smoother, you have less errors, less, you know, less variations or whatever. And then and ultimately it becomes faster. Right. You know, in the Navy SEALs environment, it's life or death. Right. Hopefully the profession you're in, your listeners are in, is not life or death. But slowing things down, it's so such a frenetic world out there. And we're in bombarded, right? With constantly with information. Right. The other thing I would say to slow things down is. Take your devices, all your electronic devices, shut them off an hour or two before you go to bed, unless you're waiting for a really important phone call, you know, keep the phone out of your bedroom, all that kind of stuff, iPad, whatever. And then don't grab your phone first thing in the morning. Don't grab the iPhone, the Android or whatever, or the ah. tablet or computer first thing in the morning. Give yourself some time to reflect, pause, breathe, start the day off on a, on a good note. Yeah, so I just think about myself really quick with that. I don't know how to avoid that because I actually use my phone as the uh, as 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 my alarm to wake up in the morning. You can, yeah, you can do that. Just keep it down, keep it face down. <laughs> I like that. Okay, that we can go. That we can do. And we're so, so tied to our devices, right, Bob? I mean, they're like an appendage of our bodies, right? Yeah. It, we really have to learn train ourselves to manage those things. I always turn the volume, the debt, the sound down, everything. My wife gets mad at me because she never reached me because I never hear the phone because I have it on quiet, right? Mm-hmm. But I don't want all that interruption during the day. When I I pick ter- certain times of their day, I'll pick up the phone, I'll look at it, check messages certain times. So I'm in control. If I have that thing pop, constantly pinging and dinging me, 
I'm not in control at all. Exactly. You're, yeah, spinning out of control. And there's so many things in life in general that are outside of our control. Why? Right, why? absolutely. That we own and we depend on to, to control us. It shouldn't, <laughs> shouldn't happen like that. So, so let's switch gears a little bit here. Let's talk about uh, top characteristics of high-performing sales teams. What are some of those? And, you know, we talked a little bit about virtual or, or hybrid work environments. Mm -hmm. how, how can we adapt those uh, specifically to that environment? As well as just, I mean, just salespeople in general, obviously, yeah. but we are still virtual. <clears throat> still hybrid as 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 much as ever and i don't i don't see it going away i don't know about you right no i think i think hybrid's here to stay yeah um, for sure i know some companies are actually trying to force return to office yeah <clears throat> i know there's some pushback on that so i'm not sure what it's going to end up but um i think more people just want more flexibility but the thing right. i think you know for sales you know my experience high performing sales teams very you got to be very intentional and um, discipline, right? So you got to map out a strategy, a plan. You know how many how many calls or outreaches are we going to do during a week, during a month, during a quarter, for the whole year? But it can bring it back to them. Bring it back to what's what's the quarter? What are we going to do? Focusing on the I know quarterly measures are really important, right? Right. So so being intentional, I think grounding yourself in understanding your products and services very well. Um, understand the why of your products and services. So you're tapping, you want to tap into people's emotional uh, triggers, if you will, not, not manipulatively, but yeah. in a way that you're cognizant of that. So what makes your product or service like the best in the market? What makes it great? Sell those kinds of things, relate those kinds of things to your customer situation. So using great questions, right? Great intuitive, you know, great um, conversational questions to dig deeper. Don't always mm -hmm. accept the first answer, you know, learn more about them, make it about them, make it about the customer or the potential customer and what's really important to them, you know, exploratory, find out what their issues are. And, and nine times out of 10, if you have a solution that's going to solve that potential customer's problem, and it's a real problem for them, they're glad they're going to want to pay your firm, your company to solve that problem. Right. So, you know, make it, make it conversational, make it a you know, friendly exchange. They may say no, they may say yes to the next yes. Uh, hopefully it's the next yes is another meeting or, or whatever. It might be the closing, but really being focused on that. And then you, know, you got to have targets and metrics and things to kind of measure your success uh, and break it down, chunk everything down to, okay, what's, I got a quarterly target. Well, what's the next thing I need to do today that's going to move me forward to get to that target and be diligent about that. So tracking yourself using time blocking, um, it really takes a lot of discipline. If you're working from home, you got lots of distractions at home, whether it's puppy dogs or kids or whatever it may be at home. And, and, but really, you know, allow yourself that time to be clear, be tied into your values and the core values of your company in the, in the, in the products and services that you deliver to your customers, have that really clear in your mind. And, and then, you know, if you get stuck, reach out for people on your team for help, right? Don't yep. think you do it all, have to do it all by yourself. You got a team of sales team, look out to you know, look to other people for advice and brainstorm on some things to help you solve some of these issues you may be coming up against and, and continue to believe in what you're doing and believe in what your products and services are. And energetically, if you really believe in that, you're grounded in the, the purpose of those products and services, that's going to come across in the conversation with your potential customers. And people, you know, it's the Simon Sinek notion of why people buy 
based on what they believe in and, and it aligns with what you believe in. So be clear about what those beliefs are, your company's beliefs, and align those with your potential customers. And you should have some pretty good success, I would think. It's all about aligning values. It sounds like what, whether or not it's 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 from the leadership standpoint, what we've been talking about uh, mm -hmm. previously, or even just with um, just just with salespeople. And I think that that spins into the next question pretty well because you know we're just starting out 2024, and some people say it's going to be great. Other people say you know probably not so much. We just we don't know. Right. But what I'm wondering is you know with everything you just said, what emerging trends or changes do you foresee in the realm of sales leadership and how should sales professionals prepare to adapt to that? I think, well, the sales, I mean, the trends in sales leadership, I think, again, getting closer to your potential, being targeting your potential customers, really niching. I think niching more, if you can find a, a niche for your product and services, really niche into that more. Mm -hmm. uh, find, um, you know, build out your ecosystem. So your company may provide a certain service, but there's other people providing similar ser other services, not competing with yours to that same target client, uh, ideal client, customer. So uh, identifying ecosystems and uh, building relationships with those ecosystems, other people that can refer you into other opportunities and vice versa, right? So you can uh, you know, also refer those companies into to, uh, potential target customers. So think about a big, you know, it's a big ocean, right? A big ocean and or a big pie and everybody, there's room at the table for everybody to enjoy that, that pie. And so thinking about, you know, outside of your four walls of your verb, you know, virtual business, if you will, connecting with people outside of your, your four walls that are in that ecosystem that provide some level of service to customers that your target customers, that market. Uh, and it's kind of before, during and after marketing, right? So where are those people in that process and themselves where can you tap into them, provide services or information or insights to those service providers that also can then lead you to more opportunities? I think, you know, there's a lot of talk about AI and technology and things. It's going to yep. keep, continue to grow. It's going to continue to expand. Again, I come back to core values. Are we going to let the AI drive us or are we going to drive the AI and the, the machine learning? Right. So it's embracing. This is happening. It's not, we're going to, not going to go back to not using that. Right. This is happening. It's the trend. It's going to continue. Find the ways that you can use those, those tools as tools. The best way, make sure you have good quality data that you're using and not rely on all the data you're getting on a certain components of AI. A lot of companies are investing billions of dollars in their own internal AI machine learning. So, you know, use the tools that you can. It's still going to come down to building relationships. So never lose sight of that in terms of sales, right? You want to build a relationship with those customers before, during, and after the sale. Continue to build those relationships. Use the technology to your advantage. And um, again, being just true to your core values. So when it, uh, though the one thing, I mean, I find a lot fascinating about you, but the one thing that probably fascinates me the most is that you have a black belt in Tai Chi and, mm -hmm master of meditation, which I actually want to kind of know what that is a little bit more, but how do you think principles from Tai Chi can be applied to enhance performance in sales and marketing? Yes, very, very much so. Um, it really helped me dramatically in my career. You know, as a managing partner, I was responsible pretty much 50% marketing sales and marketing and 50% getting the work out the door. And, and, uh, you know, it really, it, again, the principles I've been kind of sharing today are really are founded largely in that, right? Being centered, being focused internally, 
uh, not uh, falling sway to all the external stimulation you're getting all the time. So being grounded in your core principles, uh, really being centered in a term called centered stillness. I wrote a post today in LinkedIn actually around <clears throat> about that the very concept of uh, you know silence is one of the is really the the, the strongest sound. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so letting silence, embracing silence. Now you can tell I love to talk. Um, so embracing silence about getting to that quiet place, getting that quiet moment first thing in the morning, throughout the day. It only takes a few minutes using your breath to help you create that quiet stillness, that quiet space, and that silence. And that silence is a really great tool to have. It's really a secret weapon in sales, I think, because when you're being silent and you're just listening without judging, without anticipating, just listening. Sometimes I find the right words come, the next thing that comes out of my mouth are the right words that helps move the conversation forward in terms of how we're going to work together with that potential customer. So you know, really embrace that stillness and that silence. Tai Chi teaches us about mind-body connection. Um, and what that really means is being aware of yourself, self-awareness, really important. And aware of what, if you're coming on too strong or not, you're not interjecting enough into a conversation. Uh, Self-awareness mm -hmm. about where the other person is coming from and their awareness. It's more about an emotional level, right? right. And But having that confidence. So building your confidence in that you're self-aware and confident that you're going to get to the right answer or right uh, solution for your customer, potential customer. And so it's really about just being self-aware, grounded in your values, uh, living yourself, living your life from a, your true, your best self, as I said, it really is a, a foundational tool that can help you tap into your best self through many techniques, physical, physical movement, as well as breathing and the meditations tied into that as well. So um, yeah, I used to teach Tai Chi classes and oh, uh, as well, and I ran a yoga and Tai Chi center actually for a year and a half. I was asked to run it by the company, the organization I got my certifications from after I retired which I did and enjoyed thoroughly. And it was a great experience, but it, I had something more to give than that. So, but it's a great opportunity for you to, you know, physical activity is really great, whether it's Tai Chi or anything. If you like to walk or work out or run or whatever it might be, physical activity really stimulates your body, gets your juices flowing. It's yeah. good for your body, your hormones, your energy. Um, and then allowing yourself that quiet time to just reflection. A lot of, just a little bit of, it could be five minutes, 15 minutes. That reflection time is really, really important. And those are some basic tools that I learned through my practice in, in Tai Chi. And say so so is some of that stuff in your in your book, which is entitled Five Minute Mastery, the Surprising Secret Transforming Your Stress to Success and Mastering What's Important. Do you cover those types of things? Do you get into more of the business side as opposed to Tai Chi side? How how's yeah. that working? Uh, it's really just, well, the concept of five minute mastery is that everything can change in five minutes. Okay. Everything can change. And, and I base that on my personal life's personal experience. So um, I was in a meeting with a client and I passed out during the meeting with my client. And wow. I'd stopped breathing actually. Wow. And, and was rushed to a hospital. Thankfully someone was there to administer CPR, saved my life. <clears throat> But the matter of just a few minutes, everything can change. Yeah. Life can turn, get turned upside down. Well, you can shift your focus. You can shift your mood. You can shift your energy 
from you might be in a you might be a period where you're in a you're a little bit down, right? You may things don't be working out. You're not getting the sales that you want to get. Um, you know the money's not going into your bank account like you'd like to see. Whatever it might be. So you're in those down periods, but you can shift that mindset into a position where you put yourself emotionally and in a mindset where you envision yourself, seeing yourself achieving the things you want to achieve. And, and so it's using visualization, that type of thing. But in five minutes time, you can shift everything just for, for, from your own focus, your self-awareness and your breathing. So the concept mm -hmm. starts there. So I include some techniques on breathing how to sharpen your focus, how to be the best leader you can be. Uh, also, I include some of my, uh, I have eight uh, ideas about how to be the best leader you can be. Um, include some of the things we talked about today as well, or in that book. Great, great. So um, it's probably <clears throat> to spin and uh, the way that I like to wrap up all these interviews and that I love those one thing you can do right now kind of takeaways. So John Fenton, if there's one thing our audience can do right now to distress their professional and personal lives, what would that one thing be? Take a pause. Allow yourself to take five minutes. Just focus on your breathing. I lay it out in the book, but really simply, you want to inhale through your nose and exhale through your mouth very slowly. The term is box breathing. It's four-part breathing. Um, breathe in slowly, hold it for four count, breathe out slowly for four count, hold that. As you continue to breathe, and don't force the breath, but what that does is it just realigns your, your mindset, your body, your hormones. It moves you from a potentially fight or flight stressful situation into rest and digest. I encourage you to start with five minutes. Of course, you could do more than that. That'd be mm -hmm. great. But at least five minutes, you'd be amazed how quickly you can shift your mood, shift your energy and shift your focus. Yeah, that's something I, I also read about box breathing, literally, I hate using that word, yeah. but it's really true, literally this weekend too. And it was framed in actually something else that you brought up if, with, uh, with the tier one operatives and, uh, and the Navy SEALs do that. Exactly. To, uh, calm themselves down. When... Exactly down. I mean, think about, I mean, guns are, you know. I these weapons are going off around them and these missions they're doing and they teach yep. them four part breathing, box breathing, so they can calm themselves down and center them. They're centering themselves, right? Mm -hmm. What it does is all the commotion and chaos that's going outside of you. You kind of pull back, not physically, but you're pulling back to center yourself. So you can be clear about what's the next best action I can take. That's something. That's something. So I'm sure that our listeners are going to want to reach out and contact you. Um, what's what's the best way to do that? And is there anything else that you'd like to refer them to um, uh, sure. out there in the cyberspace, as they say? Absolutely. Just send me a note, John J. Fenton, uh, John at johnjfenton.com. You can also visit my website, www.johnjfenton.com. Real easy. There's a little box there. You can uh, contact, connect with me there. Um, also on LinkedIn, I'm on LinkedIn, John J. Fenton, the CEO coach. And I'd mm -hmm. love to connect with you and, and share more about ways I might be able to help you be the best leader you can be. He has a fantastic LinkedIn profile. Ask me how. <laughs> so you, great. Uh, I appreciate it, yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, no worries. No, no worries. It was, it was a blast working with you on your, on your profile. It was great. So John J. Fenton, we're just going to call him the CEO sensei. Thank you for joining us today. Really appreciate your time, John. Thank you so much, Bob. It's been a great pleasure. Sure. And thank you for streaming this episode of Making Sales Social. So remember, when mm -hmm. you're out this week, be sure to make your sales social. Don't miss an episode. Visit socialsaleslink.com slash podcast. Leave a review down below. Tell us what you think, what you learned, and what you want to hear from us next. Register for free resources at linkedinlibrary.com. You can also listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Play. Visit our website, socialsaleslink.com, for more information.